This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Look at all these gorgeous movie stars here tonight. Ben Affleck is here tonight. Yes. Ben's first two movies took place in Boston, but he moved this one to Iran because he wanted to film somewhere that was friendlier to outsiders. Hi, Ben. Hi, how are you? You doing good, huh? I'm from Boston, too, so you're looking great. Good for you. You're not better than me. The, uh, the beautiful Anne Hathaway is here tonight. Hathaway, you gave a stunning performance in Les Miserables. I have not seen someone so totally alone and abandoned like that since you were on stage with James Franco at the Oscars. <laughs> you know, um, Anne shot her big Les Mis song all in one tight close-up, and she said that it was really difficult performing with a camera so close to her face. Well, then she's never going to make it in porn. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she uh, has any plans to do porn, Amy. None of us have plans to do porn. Fair enough. Well, the Hunger Games was one of the biggest films of the year, and also what I call the six weeks it took me to get into this dress. Nominated for Best Director for The Life of Pi, which is what I'm going to call the six weeks after I take this dress off. What is up, listeners? Welcome to Mad About Movies. I'm your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by my lovely co host, Kevin, not Kevin, Kent Garrison. What am I talking about? Wow. Man, really, really taking down. You know what it is? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what happened here. So I host another podcast. I don't ever host this podcast. I'm super out of my depth here. But I almost said Tobin, because Tobin is my co-host on my basketball podcast. I almost said Tobin, and then I changed it to Kevin. Something. Glad it wasn't Kevin with the B. Yeah, could have been Kevin. Could have been rough. Could have been rough. Uh, Look, I'm Brian Gill. Joe situation going on yeah, there. Yeah, my co-hosts are Kent Garrison and Richard Richard Barton. How's it going, boys? What's up? Excellent, man. I'm excited. The red carpet is popping right now. Uh-huh. So you guys I'm know. in a full tuxedo because I'm not a farmer, obviously. Yeah. I, I pulled a, um, a trade. I thought marker. it was the Golden Globes, not the Oscars. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully on psychedelics right now. Uh-huh. And uh, it's good. <laughs> it's I want to be on an award show on psychedelics. It's so. the way to do it. It's the way to do it. Um, this is a little bit of a different episode than what we typically do, especially here on the, uh, on the main feed. Um, I never host on the main feed, and it's clearly it's better for that. Uh, but this is a week where we didn't have a lot of uh, new movies to talk about. There's not a lot of movie new movies anyway. Uh, I don't know if you if you've heard guys, but there's 
It's a little uh, pandemic going on. Um, not here, man. Not in Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We canceled that. We sucker. beat it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, we at the beginning of the year we did a uh, a State of the Union address, sort of, which we do every every year, and um, we got some some data from our VIPs. If you're interested in the VIP, you need to go to madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. You get access to all kinds of bonus content. You get four plus extra episodes a month. You get a, an exclusive AMA. You get all kinds of good stuff. Uh, but we we pulled our VIPs and we we, we asked for for some some data and some answers and some thoughts on like how we can make this this show better. We've been doing this for a very very long time. Um, and one of the things that came out of that data and that we we told the the listeners at the beginning of the year was that. We're going to pick some times throughout the course of this, the year where when there's not a movie that we are dying to see and talk about, either for good reasons or bad reasons, you know, good. We always say great movie or a terrible movie. That's what we want. We don't want uh, we don't want B minus movies. Those are the toughest to, to talk about. But where we have gaps in the schedule or where there's movies coming out that we're not super interested in talking about. Um, then we're going to do some different stuff. So we may do some some fun list episodes uh, some, I think we've talked about doing some director specific episodes in some of these, these moments, but, uh, this one, what we're doing tonight is the first time we we've done this. And if it works well, we'll, uh, we'll do it again in the future. We're going to take a look back at the Academy Awards from a previous year and, uh, and repick the Oscars for the big eight categories. When I say the big eight, I mean, best picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and uh, original screenplay and adapted screenplay. So we're we're gonna we're gonna have a look back at at a specific year. We're going to we'll do a little discussion here off the top. I'm gonna kick it over to you, Arby, in just a second. Do do that and uh, talk about. We're talking about the the 85th Academy Awards, which was the 2013 year on your calendar. The reason we picked that is that was the first year of the podcast. So if you go back to the very beginning of Mad About Movies, you can hear some episodes on uh, some of the better films from t- uh, 2012. So we've got Django Unchained and uh, Argo, Zero Dark Thirty, et cetera, et cetera. That was the first year of the podcast. So that's why we, we picked this year. And I think it's a pretty interesting year in film as well. And so what we're going to do is talk about uh, what actually happened at the 85th Academy Awards and then we're going to repick it with our nominees and, and our specific winners. So, Richard, I'm going to throw it over to you. Mm. Do you have any uh, any thoughts on the 85th Academy Awards, the ceremony itself, the nominations, et cetera, et cetera? And I, I guess if you want, kind of give us a rundown of a, uh, some of the films that were up for, for the big awards that year so that we can yeah, get going. Absolutely. Here. You guys can't tell right now. I just want to I, – I didn't plan this out well. I forgot this is an audio medium. I'm actually doing this portion of the show from the background behind me is a lot of different movies from it's a real Billy Crystal situation. I've I've dropped myself <laughs> into Lincoln mm-hmm. and I'm right. I'm doing a little song and dance. Yeah. Um this was this was a year uh best picture was Argo and that was the year Affleck won best picture but didn't was not even nominated for best director mm-hmm. um and then there was a, you know Lincoln Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln that was a very kind of foregone conclusion best actor Oscar uh Jennifer Lawrence won Christoph Waltz won his second Oscar um and so it was a a sort of um anticlimactic in a way other than the Argo piece which I think was a favorite to win but not a huge favorite but a lot of these categories had huge favorites in them. 
for this Oscar, which sometimes lately that's kind of been the case. I think people have sort of gamed this. I remember I went to an Oscar party. We talked about this a couple years ago, the last time there was one of these. Uh, so two years ago and I, or I guess, no, it was, I guess it was a year ago, I guess a little over a year ago, I guess it was pre pandemic, but um, you know, I was able to get like 18 out of 19, right. And everyone thought I was a soothsayer, but it's like, no, if you actually follow this stuff, it's pretty, <laughs> not that hard, <laughs> you know, it's kind of foregone, but this was a year where, especially the big categories, there were some big, but there were some really great also ran nominees. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to re-nominate the categories because there's always stuff that seems like, oh, of course, a more must be nominated. Of mm-hmm. course. Right, right. And then seven years later, no one listening to this knows what that movie is except for mm-hmm. some, you know, real Francophile film. Nuts. I believe it was French. I don't even know. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's some prisoner of the moment that happens. Um, We're going to try to do this once a year going forward, as Brian said. There are some years where it's going to be um, very jarring, very different with, I guess it will always be seven years or eight years prior. Uh, Some years where it will be maybe they got it right because sometimes these decisions age well. You know, Mm -hmm. Titanic, in fact, was the biggest film of 1997 and oftentimes one of the better ones. These things sometimes get it right. But uh, Crash. You know, things like right. that. So right. so I, we have – this is not an original idea. A lot of times it's on a five-year piece. We decided to do eight eight years because of the, the length of the show. Sure. But yeah, oftentimes it's easier to look back with hindsight without the politicking, mm-hmm. without the things being really of the time and look back and go, what was the best movie right. of right. 2012 with a lot more, a lot more clarity? Uh, who was really the best mm-hmm. actor? Um, and it's also great because, you know, people get canceled. Now we can just rule them out. Take away their Oscars. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I think I'm looking at something... you, Helen Hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what you did. Um, <laughs> I think there's something to be said for the moment with with these totally. movies and with the awards and stuff like that. But I I do think that none of this matters. It doesn't matter really in the grand scheme of things. What movie won Best Picture and stuff? But I, I do oh, it think means that... everything to me. I just disagree. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to change your tattoo and everything. Um, yeah, this is official in in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I mean, I think there's something to the the concept of what what matters now, right? Like sure. once we've once you you mentioned the politics, we know politics are a huge part of of the awards circuit, whether it's the Oscars or. or and when we say politics, we don't mean like Lincoln. Right. It's about Lincoln, right. so it's a political movie. I mean, like working lunch parties to get a nomination or winning <laughs> right. in right. Hollywood, going to right. Chateau exactly. Marmont and having <laughs> champagne with with random old guys to right. get your right. thing. That's the kind of politicking we're talking about yeah. when we say that. Just to clarify, yeah, for sure. There's a lot that goes into it that that is unfortunate, and even just the the distance between nominations. We talk. I've talked about this at length because it drives me nuts that. You get the nominations, then you get to vote, and there's such a long period between those two things that it just allows for you to be swayed more and more and more instead of just saying, actually, what was the best movie was this one, and I'm just going to – that's what we're going to stick with. It's just a, it's a funny way. So anyway, having the the hindsights be able to to look at this eight years out and, and say uh, this is what we think. And again, and still, this is our opinions too um, and – Ours is more valid, obviously, than the than the academy. So, uh, can't you have any thoughts on on the start of this? And then Arby, I don't know. Do you want to pull up the the actual nominations? Yeah, and we'll, I can do we'll that. start. We'll go category by category. But Kent, you got any anything to add to this before we we kick off the ceremony? No, it's a it's it's kind of the year that 
we should say we <clears throat> we started doing the show unofficially, mm-hmm. you know, because we we kind of started talking about some of these movies on our on our college radio show, which mm-hmm. subsequently led to us mm-hmm. doing the pod. So. And we did a few of the uh, real Oscar ones actually on the pod because we did Django, obviously, our first episode. We did Django, we did Argo, we did Skyfall, we did a couple of these. um, Lincoln was one of our first Moonrise Kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, before before those Oscars, kind of in the beginning of 2013, we did a few of these as they were coming out on video and and still kind of out in theaters and stuff. That was weird to say, out in theater. All these movies Mm -hmm. are out in theaters at the. Even then. it's a very, I guess, formative year for the for the pod and and yeah. and all that. So it's a fun one to look back on. Specifically, maybe more fun than some of these that we'll do in the in the coming years. But uh, but no, yeah, fun year, a fun year to look back on. A big guilty pleasure year for me. Mm. Um, so a couple couple movies. I don't know if that we'll talk about. I, I, in fact, I know we won't. Uh, Dread is one of my favorite guilty pleasure <laughs> yeah. movies. You of love all time. Dread, yeah. Uh, that's 2012. Uh, Prometheus as well. Love that mm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the original Avengers was 2012. I loved the uh, the Hitchcock 2016 Obama's America. You were talking the Dinesh D'Souza one. You were saying <laughs> no. how good that was. No, that you were was, saying uh, before we were hit record. You were like, no, "That's that the best was, movie." If I had to pick the best movie no. um, on Letterbox, if you want to check that out, it's that <laughs> Richard Barton. I like the uh, Anthony Hopkins like Hitchcock uh, biopic. Oh, yeah, it's, it's that's really fun with Helen Mirren and him and Johansson. We'll talk that's about that one later. One. That's in uh, a nomination list of mine. Okay. Uh, Cabin in the Woods is another fun one too from mm. from this year, and uh, yeah, so it's a fun year. You know, aside from the Oscar stuff, I a lot of guilty pleasure movies that I I still revisit a lot. Oh, The Raid, another one um, that I sure. watch often from from 2012. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, a, a big Madagascar, a fun, really fun year of movies. Oddly, but um, I don't know if it's it's a great one for Oscar-y type movies. Uh, but we'll get into that here. Um, but let's go. It's also weirdly the making of the, you know, a really important movie year in terms of Avengers starts that, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean? Like kind of makes a modern, mm-hmm. what we know now is Le Cinema. Sure. Sure. That's French for, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll look it up. We'll yeah. Look it up. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Arby, let's start with, let's, let's save best picture for last. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's go. You want to start with uh, with actor stuff, or you want to go script first? What's what's your? Preference? Let's do it like the show itself. Let's start with those ugly writers. We'll build up to the pretty people. <laughs> we'll go with original first. Uh, the award the nominees were Amor, Michael Haneke, Flight by John Gattins, Moonrise Kingdom from Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola, Zero Dark Thirty, Mark Bowl, and uh, the eventual winner for best original screenplay was Django Unchained by Quentin Tarantino. So, Brian, what would you sub out there in terms of nominees? We're going to keep it to five. Sure. What would you get rid yeah. of and what would you add in? And then we'll talk – and then we'll go to Kent and then we'll we'll figure out the winner. I would keep – on my ballot, I would, I would keep three of these films. Uh, Django, Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I would swap – this is a big one that I think will come up quite a few times over the sure. course of this episode – uh, I think the master should be yeah. in this category pretty easily. It's kind of kind of strange that it wasn't, frankly. Uh, I think that that one falls in for me and and replaces either flight or a more and uh, a little bit of a probably an odd choice. I doubt will be on on y'all's uh, ballots here, but I w- I think I would put Looper in as the fifth movie. That's mine. I have that one in there as well. Wow. The, okay. I have those nice. exact two in there. Yep. Nice, nice. So. 
Looper gets a lot of love from me on this. I was surprised. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I love Looper. I think it's such a fun idea and really well done. And I always like Ryan Johnson. Um, I like Ryan Johnson's, all of his filmography, but I, I especially appreciate when he's getting to just kind of uh, build and play in his own sandbox, essentially. And uh, Looper is Looper is a fantastic film. No, no offense to him more. I think that is like the epitome of... yes. No, that's <laughs> the, the whole point. The that's great. Coming. It was nominated in 2013. Sure. That's awesome. It's yeah. great film. Yeah. But the whole point of this is, have you had a conversation about that in the last seven right. and a half years? No, you haven't. So who exactly. cares? Exactly. Speak for yourself. You know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you know what I on thought about nominating? On the daily, bro. <laughs> I listen to my more podcasts when I wake up. More cast. A lovely uh, French-Armenian friend named Amor, who's a neighbor of mine. He always would make me a nice cocktail when I came home. He was a really nice guy. That's the Amor I talk about. <laughs> so I, same Brian, just going to get mine out of the way quick, but I thought about, honestly, because this is my sensibility and I always mm-hmm. like comedy to be, I thought about nominating that Ted script because that first Ted script is pretty awesome. Sure. Um, but obviously. 21 Jump Street script as well. Yeah, 21 Jump Street. Those great. were both like narrow because sure. I think comedy should be recognized, especially in this, it's a lot, very hard to write comedy yeah. and those really hit. So, uh, so Kent, what would you take out and add in in terms of nominations that we'll all declare a winner? Yeah, I would take out Flight and Amore as well. Um, I would add definitely add in the master and that and you're right, Brian, yeah. that might be a thesis of this mm-hmm. of this episode. Uh, so stay tuned. But another movie that I thought was a really fun screenplay uh, that we might not talk about much later is Seven Psychopaths. Remember this one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. McDonough. Really, really good one with uh, Colin Farrell, you know, Rockwell, yeah. Harrelson, Christopher fun. Walken pops in, Stuhlbarg. Love love that movie and um, really fun screenplay that I don't think anyone kind of understood what they were trying to do with that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe in a in a twenty twenty world, yeah, it, it would it would get more recognition for some of the yeah some of the dialogue and stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's between Imbruge and uh, Three Billboards, right? Mm-hmm. He kind of figured they right. figured out how to what to do with him with Three Billboards because he's a sure. he's a brilliant writer. I think uh, the winner should be. Um, it's tough for me. It's between Django and the master. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's Tarantino. It's so tough. I just, I would, I'd probably go with the master. Wow. Okay. If it was me, okay. but. So we got one vote for the master. I also, yep. by the way, I should have said this in the outset, but I was mispronouncing uh, Kent's name. So <laughs> forgive me. Uh, we, we ran this through the VIPs. I let them vote as well. Just like nice. who, what should, who should have won the, the winner for the VIP in this category, uh, was Django with an yeah. overwhelming support. It was like 70, 72% of the vote, something like that. But the master was brought up quite a few times in, in the comments section as well. Make it 73%. I think the master is a master puts the sunglasses on peace, but I think it's much more of a visual and actors film more than Mm -hmm. it definitely should have been nominated for screenplay. It's an incredible screenplay, but to me, pure screenplay, that Django screenplay is, uh, you can't mess with it. And, uh, is so, so well done, um, Mm -hmm. both from story and on, on dialogue. So yeah, I think they got this one right with the winner, but the fact that, you know, flight was nominated over the master is is absurd. Yeah. A more, you can understand flight, Right. Not a very good movie, to be honest. And mm-hmm. the script is not really the thing that sold it. It was right. Denzel and the visuals. So we got we uh we two two to one in favor of Django over okay. over the master. So. so I'll throw it over to I'll present the 
Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. So uh, the adapted screenplays were Beast of the Southern Wild. I'm just going to say the movies because no one knows these losers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Life of Pi, Lincoln, which is Tony Kushner. We know him. Uh, and Silver Linings Playbook with David O. Russell. Um, and then Argo, which won. Chris Terrio won for um, for Argo for adapted screenplay. What, Brian? Well, actually, we'll go to Kent first because we did you last time. Mm-hmm. What would you? What nominees would you take out? And uh, and would you change? Well, well, we'll save changing the winner for later. So, what nominees would you take out, if any, and wh- who would you replace them with? Yeah, this one's tough. I don't know if I would take out any any nominees for adapted. I feel like you know, there's a, little, a lot more limited of a pool to pick from for adapted um, than original most years. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would put the Hitchcock movie in there just cause I like that one. And it's based on stuff that I really enjoy. Like, uh, I don't know, subject matter. I don't know if it's an Oscar worthy screenplay or anything like that, yeah. but yeah, I don't know if I would have given the award to Argo. I mean, that, I remember really liking that, that screenplay at the time. I probably only watched Argo once since oh, yeah, then, I love Argo. but I love Lincoln too. I mean, I think that's a really, a really solid screenplay. Um, when it comes down to it, I guess I'm surprised to see Beast of the Southern Wild nominated for a screenplay here because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that standing out in that movie, but I need to go back and, and you know, watch. It. I think some of these movies we we've seen this over over and over over the years, but you can get nominated for a screenplay because of your dialogue and your characters, and you can get nominated for a screenplay because of your structure, and I think that's what. Beast of the Southern Wild is it's like the structure of that mm-hmm. movie is so interesting mm-hmm. and yeah. um and I mean the characters of Hush Puppy in particular is very very good she, she'll come up at least on my list here uh, towards mm-hmm. the end but but I think that it's the structure of that movie that really sells it from a scripting standpoint All right Brian what would you what would you take out and or add in if you were to do so. I kept four of the same. I kept nice. Argo, Beast of the Southern Wild, Lincoln, and Silver Linings Playbook. I dropped Life of Pi, which is another that's going to be a, a theme for me yeah. in this. Same. I, I, I'll tell you that. I nominated the Tiger, Pi. though, for Best Actor. So that's the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have Life of Pi as like my my sixth movie in this category. So, and it's, that's kind of pretty, that's pretty frequent through the course of my, I think Life of Pi is fine. It's a solid movie. And I, I fully understand, especially from a, like a spectacle standpoint, that was such a, I mean, I remember seeing that movie for the first time and stuff in, in theaters. And it just was a, a very um, overwhelming visual experience and whatnot. And the story's great and everything, but it's, it's to me, that is, if it's not a more, that is the, the mo- movie of the moment, then it's then to me, then it's life. Totally for agree. This year. It's, it's just kind of, it's easily forgettable or it certainly is less good second, third time around and stuff. Absolutely. So I, I swapped out life of pie and I replaced it with Bernie. The, uh, oh, okay. The Link Lauder movie. That's bit. a nice. That's a nice sub. I might. Uh, I had these pretty solid. I didn't think about Bernie. I might have to steal that. I didn't know. But I'll let uh, you have it. Bernie was an adapted one. That's interesting. Yep. It is. Yeah, it's off a Texas monthly thing. Yeah, that monthly, makes yeah. sense. Shoot, that was it. Oversight by That's Kent. Right. So we'll, we'll we'll just we'll just we'll all as a group throw that in. Good good catch by Brian. Uh, Brian, would your 
Would your winner change or would Argo still win? Wouldn't. I love Argo. I Same. don't know how popular that, that thought is no, uh, it's anymore. One of my but, favorites, uh, man. Yeah, I, I, I rewatch Argo pretty frequently. It's a it's a very good to me at least, it's a very good uh background movie. And mm-hmm. uh I think the there's parts of that movie that have not aged as well as others and you know, you can we can talk about the Affleck performance and maybe even the direct, I don't know, but I think from a scripting standpoint, very, very good script. And uh, you know, I also don't think this is the best year for adapted screenplay. Yeah, it's ever. Not. So that you know, it benefits a little bit on that front. But yeah, I, I picked Argo as the winner for me. Nice. I had the same and winner the, of, of that screen. VIPs had Argo as well. Like nice. Right down the middle. Yeah. Argo, yeah. vote yourselves. <laughs> I think it, um, it certainly stands out as an interesting screenplay. I remember recently watching Affleck talk about Argo and his, you know, kind of looking back on it. And, you know, he was given this script by Chris Terrio, and this was kind of like a spec script kind of thing. And, and this unknown writer. And it really stuck out to him, like, I need to make this movie. You know, this is perfect mm-hmm. for me. It's got filmmaking. It's got this political stuff. I can act in it. And it was given to him after The Town is what happened because it yeah. was like a mid-budget kind of thing, like similar to The Town. That's what The Town was was pretty successful. And, you know, as good as Argo is, we have Argo to blame for Chris Terrio, like, destroying <laughs> – so many movies after the fact. Like, I don't know, he's a Batman Superman or whatever, I think. And I think he had a hand in, in some Star Wars stuff. Uh, but yeah, and he's had not a great uh, track record, but he'll get jobs forever off Argo, and and rightfully so. It's an incredible, incredibly smart screenplay. Very, very good. Um, the structure of it, and even something Affleck said, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, is like, it read so well on the page and he was just so nervous that it wasn't going to work like on the screen, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. I guess something can read well sure. on the page. And once you shoot it and then edit it, it just doesn't flow or it doesn't have that energy. And it totally did. You know, and he was just so thankful for that, um, that he had the same energy at the end that he did. He found when he originally read it. And, uh, yeah, I bet this was one that reads really. You know, imagine reading this one for the first time and having yeah. no idea where it goes. I for mean, sure. I bet it was great. This is an easy sell to every actor that's in this right. movie. You know, because like it's such a great ensemble cast, and you you totally get why every single one of those actors was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. This is this makes a lot of sense for me." So, mm-hmm. all right. So yeah, same same winners there. All right. So let's go. Let's go to best. Supporting Actress. And the nominees this year were Amy Adams for The Master, Brian Gill's third wife, Sally Field for Lincoln. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> Mad About Podcast Movies Podcast You, Helen Hunt. I always confuse <laughs> that. And then Jackie Weaver for Sylvie, Silver Linings Playbook. Helen Hunt was nominated for The Sessions, by the way. Okay, so Best Supporting Actress, Brian, I'm going to throw it to you. Who would you take out? Who would you leave in? And then we'll, we'll wait a minute and we'll, we'll declare a winner who we would vote for at the end. Don't think this is the greatest year for... Um, yeah, this is before we realized that women can act too, so we only had... I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> wait till you see the Supporting Actor category. <laughs> yeah. God. 
I know it's it's wild. Um, so with with respect, that's just it's just not a great not a great year in this category or in the actors category, and that's unfortunate. And hopefully we are we're hopefully when we're doing this episode in in eight years, you know, we're like, man, that was a tough category. There's a lot of great performances um, this year. Maybe maybe not as much. I kept Hathaway and Amy Adams. I kept Sally Field somewhat reluctantly. Well, not, not a big Sally. So you guys can guy talk about her around the dinner table in a few years. <laughs> but but uh, it's you know I somewhat by default. I sub. I think Jackie Weaver's fine. Silver Linings Playbook. I that movie is is so odd because I there's a couple like uh, it'll come up with supporting actor, but I I just feel like sometimes the uh, the wrong people got the the praise in that one. Uh, anyway, I think Jackie Weaver's fine in that film, but it's not one that super sticks with me. So I went with. Uh, I went with Carrie Washington in Django. Very small role, I yeah. know, but I think she's very, very good in that. That's and nice. A lot of uh, the sort of the the core of the movie, I think, is is so important with her. Mm-hmm. So I think she does a very good job with that. And I maybe a bit of a, a sentimental nod, but I went with uh, Dame Judi Dench from Skyfall. That's mine. I'm taking. Wow. Dang us. it! Two sides. Okay. Oh, wow. I was gonna, no, I was gonna I, take Jack. Honestly, Skyfall is gonna get a lot of love from me. Sure. They, I honestly thought both those were lead roles, Carrie Washington and Judy Dench. So that's mm. why I didn't put them in this. Yeah, they, uh, they're in a, the Carrie Washington one. She's only in it for like eight minutes. But the Judy, I guess there really isn't a lead woman in that one. I guess yeah. Bond she, is always the was, lead. And, yeah, sure. it's I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I'm wondering how the Academy would have would have what they would have done. They'd um, definitely both be supporting. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, think? I think 100. percent Yeah. I just think that because there's never, you know, their their names aren't on the poster, you know, mm-hmm. all the different stuff they they judge that by. But but yeah, I didn't think about Carrie Washington though, Brian. That's because that part's so small. Yeah. Um But uh, that's that's an interesting one. Kent, do you have any? You have any different? Yeah, ones you- I um, I uh, maybe would have would have given a nod to either Tilda or Francis for Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Both yeah, I thought about them. Yeah, for sure. I, I love them in that and. The only one I would have taken out probably would have been Helen Hunt. Um, yeah. And I think Jackie Weaver should have won. I remember mm-hmm. watching the Oscars and, and hoping and thinking she would win for this. And then Anne Hathaway won for, you know, again, something she was in for eight minutes and is not good. And like, looking back, maybe we'll <laughs> we'll talk about Les Mis maybe in, in, in a little bit later, but like, it's not a good – She's not good singing. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Like <laughs> maybe that's what Tom Hooper is going for this realism and all this. Like that close up. That very Tom odd. Hooper the hair very odd thing. I mean, it's very. And she moments. shaved her head. Can't show. Some yeah, respect. I guess. But like, I'm excited for Spielberg's West Side Story, <laughs> and you know Rachel Zegler mm-hmm. and like just pre- be prepared for like actual good singing in a musical again. <laughs> and we're gonna look back at this and be like, how do they? That she went best act, best supporting actor for that, that singing, that crying. I don't know. It to me that even in the moment felt like offensive and even more offensive now looking back. I feel like good. she won for the trailer. Right. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's a great yeah. trailer. You win for like a uh, a very emotional song that people already resonated with. You yeah. know, kind of thing. Well, I don't know. Ken Garrison at last. It's we a very Freddie Mercury kind of. 
you know, what, what yeah, was his name? Ronnie Malik situation. That's way it's too like, far. That's way too far. Yeah, no, that's too far. I, no, it's not. It's, it's too far in the she fact She actually like, sang at least. Right. But, but, uh, it's the fact that it's like, oh my God, I, I love Bohemian Rhapsody, that song. Oh my. And it just brings back all those, all those feels, even to the more extent, you know, like the, all the I Dream Dream or whatever memories come flowing back when you hear Hathaway's name. She was Oscar hunting at that time too. And I bet she was really working the, the lunch scene and things like that. And she, you know, she's deserved, she's a great actress. So the fact that, you know, sometimes you look at these in a macro sense and you go, did she deserve it for that? Or he deserve it for that? Maybe, or maybe not, but I'm glad they have an Oscar. And she's certainly in that category for me, which maybe clouds my judgment. The only one I would think of is Amy Adams kind of on the opposite of that. She doesn't have one. So then I kind of go, well, maybe she should, she's pretty great in the master, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I, I, I'm fine with Anne Hathaway having that one, but, but it's such a weak category too that you know I don't sure. think she if this year is going to be it's kind very of a, weak yeah this this year is going to be kind of a, a, a thankfully a pretty nice little category in that and uh, she would not win this year for right. that so right. Brian would you change would you change the winner or anything came down to me between Amy Adams and Anne Hathaway and you kind of get I mean I I love Amy Adams and I I like Anne Hathaway less typically on screen um, but it, to me it comes down to the sustained performance through the course of a movie or, you know, a peak performance kind of with, with Anne Hathaway, because it is a very short bit on screen. Uh, I, I picked Anne. I, I think she's the, I've only rewatched that movie one time since theaters. It's not really my jam, but I think she maybe is the thing that holds up the best from, from that movie. And I, I don't know. I think it's a pretty, it works for me. It's a pretty powerful uh, segment, even though it really is only a segment within, uh, within within the movie, but he is uh, also great as Helen Mirren and Hitchcock. I mentioned that earlier, but I totally forgot about that movie. I, Hitchcock's I think, wife Alma, who's kind of his yeah his I don't know sounding. She was a director herself, you know. So like, mm-hmm. it's a really cool role for her as yeah. them kind of working together and her kind of leading him through Psycho and all that stuff. It's it's. It's a perfect Telemirin role, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that that was a movie that that was very, I guess, appreciated for like the makeup side of things. But like, no one cared about the performances, and it's a very by the book screenplay. And I understand that and directing and all that kind of thing. But like, mm-hmm. those two performances, Hopkins and Mirren, are are, are uh, awesome. Hopkins will come up later for sure. For okay. Sure. okay. Yeah. So, uh, what did the VIP say about that one, Brian? Uh, this was Amy Adams at like 49%, oh, wow. but okay, uh, cool. it was close. Anne Hathaway, it, this, this was a two, two, uh, nomination category for, for the VIPs. Like nice. it was 49% Adams and like 42% Hathaway gotcha. basically. So very close. So no love for your future wife, Sally Field. Sorry about that. <laughs> How dare you? All right. We'll go to best supporting actor on this one. Uh, Alan Arkin and Argo, Robert De Niro. Uh, in Silver Linings Playbook, Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master, Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln, and Christoph Waltz in Django Unchained. Brian, which of these le- legends, these all these terrifying legends, would you kick out of this category? And I want to hear how you would say it to their face. <laughs> I did too. I swapped out two, two of the great American actors. Uh, and I'll just, one of them I'm a little scared of, and one of them... I, he probably fell asleep during the midst of me explaining why he's not part of this. So it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I think Tommy Lee Jones is fine in Lincoln, uh, but it was, that's not a, to be honest, I 
kind of didn't even remember that he was in the movie. Great so wig to, like, work, really... though. Opposite of JFK. Great wig. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's very true. Still very white true. wig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I dropped uh, I dropped Tommy Lee Jones, and then I kind of mentioned this with with Jackie Weaver, but Silver Lining Playbook is is a fine movie. Robert De Niro is very good in it. At the time, in the moment, I thought that Chris Tucker was awesome. I thought he was great as part of, as the sort of wow. the seventh person in this movie, and yet he was he was of the supporting characters at least. He was the one that I came away thinking, "Gosh, he was so stinking good." Uh, and so I wanted to reward that. So I, I put Chris Tucker in over Robert De Niro here. Bob De Niro, as I like to call him. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead and leave your, your yeah, one-star you reviews. Uh, I'm just going to double down on it. And then, you know, look, I understand that it's tough to nominate two people in the same category from the same movie. Leo, baby. Let's Leo, baby. It. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. are we doing here? Leonardo DiCaprio is incredible in that film. And to me, I'll go ahead and spoil it. He's, he's the winner for me. I love Christoph oh, wow. Waltz. I think he's incredible. I think that's an incredible performance. I think De- I think DiCaprio's better. So uh, anyway, that's that's mine. I, I sub in DiCaprio and Tucker. and, and uh, I, I, I sub in DiCaprio for De Niro. I left Tommy Lee Jones because I think he's pretty good in that. It almost seemed like he cared, which is good yeah, when he does. He's fair. a very good actor. And then uh, well, well, I'll say my winner. Kent, do you have any subs? I am going to go with uh, you know subbing, I guess, out Tommy Lee Jones. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm prepared to be yelled at. But I'll bond with him over being from Texas. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and, you know, a performance I really enjoyed again, this movie is coming up again. It's underrated. I really like uh, I really like Bruce Willis in Moonrise yeah. Kingdom. <laughs> um, yeah. I and, thought you were going to say Looper. And yeah. Looper, too. Yeah. And yeah. I think if you combine those great. two, he's got a shot at winning yeah. it. Yeah, yeah he, was, he, was, he was great in both of those. Uh, so I would do that. And kind of on the outside looking in, I would also sub in um, DiCaprio. Yeah, that's a that's a for sure. But on the outside looking in, I would um, maybe nominate uh, Bardem for Skyfall. I thought he was. Mm. Uh, oh, that's a good. Fantastic. That's a good one. I hadn't thought Skyfall. of. Yeah, that's I hadn't a good thought about one. that either. That's a really good one. Yeah, same. I just subbed out. Yeah, I subbed out. I, my winner, and this is cut, I love Christoph Waltz. I love him mm-hmm. so much in in Inglorious, one of the best supporting actor roles ever. And this is like also like top five. But man, do I love Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master. Mm-hmm. And in a macro sense, Philip Seymour Hoffman sh- should have had two Oscars before he died. He was a great, great actor. So I'm going to give him one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but, yeah. but performance for performance, they're kind of equal. But that's the tiebreaker for me. Because Lancaster Dodd is terrifying. And he's so great in that. Yeah, that's a good. It was a, that was a tough one for me. I, I think I might have had. I might have put. Hoffman second behind. I mean, yeah. that vault. I've, it sounds like I'm dunking on on Christoph Waltz. I have, that performance is incredible. It's just right. there were a lot of great performances here. Um, yeah, can we give him the? He had kind of longish hair. Maybe the supporting actress award. He can have Anne Hathaway's trophy. <laughs> sure, sure. She had no hair. He had lots of hair. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I. It's just it's a tough tough category. And somebody else that I had is like a, a light because I had Willis too. Can't that's a good one. Ed Norton's great in in uh, in uh, Moonrise Kingdom as well. Uh, McConaughey in uh, in Bernie is really fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, what did the uh, VIP say? I'm sorry. One? The winner for the VIPs on that was Vaults. So, 60%. Oh, okay. But there were lots of people that said DiCaprio, like in the comments as well. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Good year, man. Good year on that. Oh, yeah. that That's often the best category mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. always showy and fun. So, okay. We're going to go to the big four now. We are halfway there. We're going to pound through these. We're going to go best actress. So, Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty, Emmanuel Riva for Amour, 
can you help me here, Brian? Mm-hmm. I forgot. Quavengine Wallace. Quavengine Wallace for Beast of Southern Wild as Hush Puppy. Naomi Watts, another Brian favorite in The Impossible. And the win, or the winner that time was uh, Jennifer Lawrence in Silver Linings Playbook. So, Brian, once again, you've got your whole list there. So I'm going to throw to you first. Who would you take out? Who would you add in? Naomi Watts goes first because uh, The Impossible sucks. Not a good movie. She's not great in it i don't understand the fascination with that film so she's out uh i subbed her in for i subbed shirley mclean into her place from bernie uh-huh. um i'm just i'm riding the bernie train here yeah and, I, and i'm, Good for I'm you. fine with that fifth place was Kantanoff because like i probably should just leave uh emmanuel riva there because she's she is very good and more that's just a movie that just doesn't She's resonate. dead though, so who cares? Take her off your way. <laughs> That's what you were saying. You were saying that before the show. <laughs> I, I would probably leave her in, in as the the fifth nominee. She's pretty nominee. great. At that. Uh, yeah, she is, she's very aside. good. Uh, just sort of a somebody that I I considered to sub in was from from a movie that that nobody saw, and so it, it makes sense that she is not in you know in this consideration whatsoever, but. Zoe Kazan in a movie called Ruby Sparks that came out this year with Daniel mm. Radcl- Radcliffe. Very, very good. And she was probably right on the border for me. Uh, gotcha. But, Great, but definitely really good but, actress, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But definitely McLean in over uh, over Naomi Watts. Uh, what like about you, that. Kent? Yeah, I, I'm the same. I love Shirley McLean in that movie, even though she's, spoiler alert, not in it for mm-hmm. for that long. And so I would sub in that one and man, I'm still, I'm still on the train for Judy Dench and, and Skyfall is a uh, best actress. I just, she's only second, got like, second, second build cast. Daniel I Craig know, and but Judy Dench. I know, but I'm saying like a bond movie, the bond is the lead on both. Oh, so I understand. Everyone's supporting leading, of that but role. Like of the actresses in the movie. Um, no, she's definitely of all those, but that is just not enough. They would definitely put her up. I mean, it's just because you're she's literally there to support. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, on that, but yeah, I mean, if you want to throw her in, that's she's great in that movie, though. However, we can get her nominated. I'll throw her in as a write-in for uh, for Judy Dench for the. As name. we learned this year, the Actors Guild gets to do whatever they want, right? Sure. Exactly. Think so so she can be nominated for best director. She wouldn't she win, but I I feel like. <laughs> I don't know, just with that movie, the way it ends, the character, the legacy, all that stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like that's we did a disservice to Judy Dench by not recognizing that, you know, actor or actress in a supporting role or lead role. We did, either one. We screwed screwed her over, <laughs> you know, so she's great. In that. She's great. In everything. She's, she's great. wonderful. Yeah. Not to say we haven't given Dame Judy Dench enough awards, but like that. Mm-hmm. That role, I think, is kind of iconic in a different way. Yeah, she got robbed for for cats, you know, and right. so like, <laughs> yeah, as well as Artemis. She Bell. won some awards for that, the Razzie and otherwise. <laughs> yeah, no so I don't think she would movie. win. Um, I would have given the award to probably Chastain, as much like Jennifer Lawrence is like hmm. a queen for me, like maybe my number one actress, honestly. But like Chastain was carried that movie, and it's just otherworldly in that movie. Exactly the same for me. I'm definitely a bigger J-Law fan than Jessica Chastain, mm-hmm. but I think Jessica Chastain Zero Dark Thirty would be my winner. She's great yeah. in that. What about you, Brian? Uh, I think they got it right. I'm sticking with, with J-Law, but it's it's close. I think Jessica Chastain. I love Zero Dark Thirty. That will yeah, probably too. come up here towards the, the end of this, but I 
think that uh, I just think Jayla Jayla is the best part of that movie that yeah, I think she is. is a little bit overrated, but she is not. I don't think her her part of it is is overrated at all. By the way, with Ruby Sparks, I said Daniel Radcliffe. I meant Paul Dano. So sorry. Oh, before yeah. I get angry emails. Is that Zoe, Zoe Kazan is with him, right? Also, mm, are yeah. they a couple in real life? I think you're I think you're right on that. Alrighty, so let's move over to the gentleman, the best gentleman actor. Um, we're gonna go. <laughs> that Bradley. is how they present it. I that like is it. how they present it. Um, I've started doing that with with you know the lady bears. I started you know I'm, I'm on that. So Bradley Cooper for Silver Linings Playbook, Hugh Jackman in Les Misérables, Joaquin Phoenix in The Master, Denzel Washington in Flight, and Daniel Day Lewis, the winner for Lincoln, uh, which was. That the car commercial? No, that's Matthew McConaughey. It's a different Lincoln. My bad. Okay, so Brian, who you taking out? Who you add in? Man, tough category, man. There's uh, I got I th- I think I had seven that I think really wow. deserved nice. a a spot here. Um, I took out Denzel because same baby flight sucks and yep. he's he makes the most out of it. He's the best yeah. actor of his generation, but he can get the f out of this category because yeah. that movie sucks. Yeah. I, that's, that's kind of where I, I landed on it. Um, and I took, I really went back and forth on Bradley Cooper and, uh, the guy that I, I subbed him out for ultimately, but I, I've ultimately decided since this time I've seen Bradley Cooper be better in many more movies, I think, or at least a couple, couple movies. And I think Silver Lang's playbook has not aged as well as uh as as i thought it would in, in the moment so i i dropped enzel and i dropped bradley cooper i subbed in jack black again riding the the uh the bernie train pretty hard here probably too too aggressively i apologize but yeah i, I think jack black is so good in that movie and it's it's such a such an underrated film and gosh he just he he makes that i mean like that's a really good script it, it, the structure of it's fantastic link lauder's an incredible director we all know this but like jack black absolutely kills in that role and i, I think it's just he's he's so good in it and then i put jamie fox in because it's ridiculous that jamie fox to me yes. at least it's ridiculous that he wasn't nominated for for best actor in what many people consider to be the best movie of the year uh, and he's the freaking star of it, and he's so good in that uh, in that role. So Jamie Foxx in, Jack Black in, and uh, bump Bradley Cooper and Denzel. What about you, Kento? Yeah, my list is is very similar. I bumped Denzel and I bumped Bradley Cooper, and my list is Joaquin, Daniel Day Lewis, Jack Black, Jamie Foxx, and uh, Jared Gilman from Moonrise Kingdom. I thought it was great. oh nice. That's a good thought. Yeah. So no no Hugh Jackman for you as well on this one. Right. Okay. I went back and I, I struggled with that. That was my last three. It was, it was Bradley Cooper, Hugh Jackman, and uh and Jack Black. And I kept two of the two of the three and dropped drop Cooper. I, I don't like I said, I don't like I don't love Lee Miz, but I do think Jackman's very good in it's that. It's just role. good that Russell Crowe wasn't nominated this year for Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I uh I took out Bradley Cooper. Um, and, and added Jamie Foxx. I took out Denzel. and I mean, there's Taken 2 that year, so obviously Liam Neeson for Taken 2 because there's a Taken <laughs> movie and I nominate him. And No, no but uh, same for me, Kent. Same. Bernie, uh, I didn't think about Bernie, to be honest, in this, and that's a shame on me. And so I'm going to add Bernie in because that's one of my favorite performances certainly of the year of this year. And so I'm going to, I'm going to add him in as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're all mirroring, mirroring the category there, but J- Jamie Foxx, uh, for me, deserves a lot more 
recognition for that than than he got because yeah. man. So what about winner? Do we keep? I mean, this was so foregone. It's Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln. It's almost like right. the minute he signed the contract to do the movie, he won an Oscar, and that's not <laughs> a shot at all. Right. At Daniel Day Lewis, the great great genius. Uh, but does does he? Eight years later, still deserve the award. Listen, or would you give it to someone else? Said at the time, and I'll say it. Liam Neeson taken two. <laughs> yeah. Jared Gilman, criminally raw. Wow. No, no. Um, dude, Joaquin in this movie, in The Master. Oh, dude, Good God. I mean, <laughs> that's all I got to say. I mean, that, that as good as, as Daniel Day-Lewis is, and he's the best of his generation. That's no, there's no doubt about that, but. Joaquin might be the best of his generation, you know? So, mm-hmm. and this is, I still think the best Joaquin performance, you know, even in well, you don't understand, you don't understand art. So I don't understand, you know, clowns, I guess <laughs> uh, enough, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's incredible what he was able to do in this movie and the way he was able to take that character, Freddie Quell and just make it his own and completely just, you know, you talk about, Daniel Day-Lewis sinking into the character of Lincoln. I mean, Joaquin was Freddie Quell in this movie to me. Yeah. I mean, mm. the mannerisms, the way he carries himself, the way he talks. The hands I mean, on the hips thing, that weird I mean, like, posture he does. The way he bangs him, his head into the wall and that the, the prison scene. I mean, all the all the stuff that he does is just a master class. And um, so I, it, for me, it would be Joaquin. But yeah. Yeah, it, it, I... I'm going with Joaquin as well. It's tough to ever take something away from yeah. Daniel Day Lewis because he's just so good. But why? I I, I would t- I would give it to Joaquin under the the acknowledgement or the understanding that he does not get it for 2019. So. Yeah. Yes. Can we make that? Tra- I would love to see Daniel Day Lewis as the Joker. Can we make that trade? Yeah. Here's a question: Had Joaquin won it in 2012 for the for this role, would uh, yeah. he have won it for the master? I mean, for the Joker. I don't Probably think so. Not. It yeah. felt like a kind of a retroactive, like yeah. we love you. You know, I think yeah. there was a part of that that, w- that that that's part of what happened was the he's we got to get this guy an Oscar. But I, I, there was some politicking involved with that, and some you know this is a very of the moment movie and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know. I, I, it maybe would have made it a, a closer vote, but I'm not. I'm not sure. He might be a two-time winner right now. So that's but I would like that's to make sure that doesn't happen. DDL's third Oscar, right? Yes. Okay. I have to. I have to pull. Maybe second. But uh, he won for. Oh, there will be blood and this. Yeah, I think he's got three. So that's right, though. Again, we'll get this in like a macro right. way. Sure. It's cool that he has three Oscars, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I would have given him one personally. I would have given him one um, for. Uh, he still hasn't oh, made his cobbler movie. What's the yet, musical? Though. What's the musical? He did nine. That? Nine. Yeah, I would have given him one for nine, but yeah, but whatever. You know what the German critic said about his favorite musical? Nine. Okay. So, Yahtzee. So, we are going to go to best director, Michael Haneke for Amor. How do I say this, Brian? The guy that did Wendy. Bean Zeitlein. Zeitlein. Bean Zeitlein, who decided to wait nine years till making his next movie, which sucked. Beast of the Southern Wild. <laughs> Steven Spielberg for Lincoln and David O. Russell for Silver Linings Playbook. And the winner was Ang Lee for Life of Pi. A lot of thoughts here. <laughs> <laughs> 
lots here. It's a weird category this year, man. Like that was weird, and the winner's weird, and yeah. I don't know and, if we and know the what Golden direct- Globes got it right that year. Yeah, at least yeah, in yeah. terms of the nominations, like it was, it was a very strange, very strange year, director-wise, from the in the in the guild. Yeah, man, it's um. Ken, who would you? You're you're the director amongst us. Yeah, who would you I sub would've, out and sub in? I would have subbed out a lot of here. A lot. Of here. <laughs> I would sub out Ang Lee and Michael Hineke and probably David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Affleck deserved a nomination. I think uh, Catherine Bigelow. I mean, yep. good God. I think Quentin Tarantino deserved a nomination. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, Wes Anderson deserved a nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There's another Anderson that probably deserved another. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson deserved a nomination. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Linklater deserved a nomination for Bernie. Uh, and so, yeah, this is a very this is a year where. The Academy got it wrong. I mean, all the way through. I mean, Ex- Life of Pi is a great wrong. movie yeah. uh, for the visuals, but mm-hmm. you know, performances and all that. I mean, directing is about that. So, in hindsight, I, I think like a completely different batch of movies, maybe other than Lincoln, should have been mm-hmm. nominated here, and maybe yeah. Silver Linings Playbook, just because it's such an actory movie. Uh, and so, yeah, my winner would probably be. Probably be the master for this year, or or Zero Dark Thirty um, from mm-hmm. Catherine Bigelow. There's a funny joke I remember. I don't know if it was at the Globes or at the. Yeah, I think it was at the Globes, where you know, Amy Poehler was like, people criticize Catherine Bigelow for her depictions of torture and how unrealistic they were. But if there's anyone that knows about torture, it's somebody who is married to James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. The whole house is just like, oh, you know, it's just like everyone in the all of Hollywood was like yes. clapping and standing ovation laughing because everyone hates that guy. And she was like, yeah, that's true. She was like nodding along. It was good. Look that up on YouTube. But um, yeah, that's great. That resonates with me when I think about that time is that that joke. Um, but man, very, very bad. And maybe Sam Mendes for Skyfall was, was I know, mean, this is a great director year. So part of it is that time. part of it's big just time, like. Yeah. Only five people get it, and probably eight are deserving. Sure. Unfortunately, none of those eight are in these five. So. <laughs> I know it's 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 crazy. I mean, I had I had ten directors on my list, and and uh, only two of them were actually nominated. You know, so it's like a very yeah, it's a very contentious year on this front. Uh, I would keep Spielberg. Yeah, I would keep Zeitlein. Though I will fully acknowledge that's partly the hindsight of this guy's probably never going to make a movie again that's going to be anywhere near. Yeah, what's this up level. there? And what, what happened? I think it's. I don't know. I think it's the opposite of of in the moment. I feel like oh, this guy's an up and coming director. Oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah. we like a Chloe Zhao kind of a thing. It's yeah, it's, like, it's an interesting psychology piece too between you and me, Brian, because I I have the opposite piece of that where. I like these things to, I, you know, you don't follow golf, but I do. I hate when you're watching the masters mm-hmm. and some like random guy wins and it's like, well, okay, cool for that guy. Sure. But that means nothing now to the history of the sport. Cause he's never going to win another one. I want, I want a dog. Sure. I want one of these, you know what I mean? One of yeah. these guys to win it, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I just have the complete opposite. Yeah. I hate when it's like, well, great. Then that nomination just doesn't right. matter. Cause he went on to make, it took him 11 years to make windy. And <laughs> right, right. You know, no, I totally understand. And I can't, but it's just different point, ways to look at it. Yeah. It's, 
Kent, to your point, I think that that is absolutely why he he got the nomination this year. Um, I just now look at it as the the sort of the the inverse of that, and then still keep the nomination. Uh, but to do that, I have to leave out Wes Anderson and Linklater and Affleck yeah. and Mendez and Tarantino because I I put in I put no I didn't I didn't exclude Tarantino. Excuse me. I I put the category for me is Spielberg and the Outline and then uh, Bigelow. PTA and uh, and Tarantino. That's that's what I, that's I nice. ended up with in my top five. And I have Bigelow as as my winner. Nice. That's great. Great choice. I I have everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not as big of a Spielberg guy as you guys. He was the hardest one for me to take out, but I literally have him like sixth in this year. But sure. but my win. I have I have Tarantino in. I have Affleck in. I have Bigelow in, and I have both Andersons. Okay. And uh, and my winner for for. Director was actually Tarantino. I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, for that one, Affleck won the Globe, right? For I believe director. so. Yeah, I'm and he's second. Man, that movie is so well. I don't. You know, it's hard to tell sometimes when you talk about pace is what's what's direction and what's editing and and how much input does the director have with the editing? But gosh, that movie works. Like it just <laughs> hums along, and I, I really look for that in a, in a in a director. And man. That's a that's that's a that's a great one. So yeah, sure. he was he was close. So yeah, I think there's a really good chance that he wins the Oscar for director if he's not the star of the movie. I think that 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 yeah, plays. well you know because the guilds self nominate right, isn't that how it works? So like he they probably you know he's handsome so <laughs> that's true. That's he's true. one of those actor people. All you right. picked Bigelow there, Kent. Was that right? Oh, you have man, yeah. I, or did you, did you use PTA? I picked PTA, yeah. Okay, my bad. That's up there too. What a loaded director year. Maybe best yeah. in recent memory. Yeah, for sure. Like for real sure. Arturs Arturing all over themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The VIPs picked uh, Spielberg as the winner, but again, this is a category that's where the totally fair. The he, best he weren't there. Yeah. He, no, he that's he's great. I mean, he that's a great Spielberg movie. This is a side, maybe it'll come up in future years. Like is Wes Anderson ever gonna get a Best Director award or like win Best Picture? Man, like, I mean, how much better does he have to be? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, it, it's Grand just, Budapest really was he's too quirky the, for to win awards, and that's weird. But like, the Moonrise Kingdom, talk about a vision, you know? Yeah, Budapest is close, Brian. I think French Dispatch might have a sure shot just because the subject matter and that cast, and mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, we can't wait to see that, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe but Ten yeah. Bombs was his best shot, and that just kind of yeah. never got <laughs> no one cared at the moment in the moment, which yeah. is awful. Got nominated for a screenplay, right? Didn't he get yeah, you know and get nominated? Yeah, for but that? it should have like yeah, <laughs> that movie should have won multiple awards on multiple levels, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah, that that was mine was was the was the master for okay uh, for PTA, yeah. if not for Catherine Bigelow. Um, okay, I thought she was. She did excellent work there. For yeah. sure. For sure. Last category, Richard. Big one. All right. Best picture. The winner was Argo. Uh, the other nominees were Amour, Beast of the Southern Wild, Django Unchained, Les Miserables, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. Fry Guy. What are you taking out? What do you you don't even have yeah. to take out? You can just add because they didn't use the full ten sure, here. But sure. 
but you want to get it to ten. I know you. You like this. I do. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like this category should always classic be classic kids coach. Regardless. Everyone gets a trophy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ten yeah. nominees. Got a lot of upward mentality over here. <laughs> um, big upward energy, if you will. Yeah. I, I I did. I went with ten. I I kind of put this in three tiers of four okay. movies. So I had. At the top tier, I've got Zero Dark Thirty, The Master, Argo, and Django. Uh, those are those are to me are the ones that are really in competition to win this uh, this award. The next group for me is Skyfall, Beasts of the Southern Wild, Lincoln, and Bernie. Uh, so to me, again, you know that would be the the group that's like probably doesn't have a chance to win, but is for sure getting a nomination for me. And then the next group is. Moonrise Kingdom, Looper, Life of Pi, and Silver Linings Playbook. Um, so I left out a more and Les Mis. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cut from that group to, to get my last two nominations. I'll cut Life of Pi and Silver Linings Playbook. So so I'll put Moonrise Kingdom and Looper in as uh, as nominees. Moonrise got a nomination here, right? No, it didn't. Nope. I'm sorry. So, uh, so I'm putting Moonrise in as well as Looper and Bernie in Skyfall. That's my uh, that's that's my my ten movies for uh, best picture. Yeah, I'm taking out a more, and I'm taking out Les Mis, um, and I might keep the rest, but I, I'm adding in uh, Bernie and The Master. Okay. Yeah, I'm adding. How is The Master not named? Yeah, they were bad. Something so weird. stupid, dude. Just dumb. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Like, let's we'll be here forever. I'm not even the biggest PTA guy. I mean, compared I to you guys, and it's like totally. this, this is such a stupid. Like, I don't want to watch The Master again. But good gracious, a more though about? was nominated. Like, so, well, I mean, yeah. when we think back on 2012, most of us think of a more. So, <laughs> yeah, <just laughs> always, no always sense. a mooring. What about you, Richard? Yeah. So my nominees. I'm trying to keep track here of what I took sure. out and what I put in. So I'm just going to list my nominees. But I had. Zero Dark Thirty, Argo, Django, uh, The Master, Lincoln, Skyfall, like you, mm-hmm. Silver Lines Playbooks, Bernie, Moonrise Kingdom, and Beast of a Southern Wild were my nominate nominees. Um, and and uh, do we go through cancer? Do we want to do we want to name our best picture? What did the VIP say? Yeah, let's hear what the VIP said. Sure. Uh, did, did we we do them on actor or director? I don't think I cued you on that, Brian. That might be on me. We might want to go back to that real quick. Joaquin won for actor okay. awesome. for the VIPs and for director again. It was Spielberg, but but again, That's this right. category. All I presented to the VIPs was the actual nominees, and then you know sure, with sure, the sure. slot for you know if other, you can redo those, you can, yeah. You can yeah, comment below. You know, so Spielberg won with thirty five percent, but there were a lot of of PTA comments. Um, so you know maybe maybe PTA wins that or Bigelow. Wins but if he wins his Oscar election. for that, does he make? Valentine Kent. That's what really matters to us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's true. It's true. Uh, the VIP pick here was Django at thirty five percent. Nice. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and the master again. Lots of lots of pro the master comments here. So uh, maybe that would have would have come out ahead if it was uh, actually in the poll. If it was actually nominated, <laughs> I should say. So. Oh, it's uh, you know it's hard. What a weird know. like that's that is. That's weird. The director thing is the first thing that comes to mind as far as this year goes with like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Just because there were just so many that got left out. Like you just, I remember the lead up to the nominations that year and just thinking, man, 
one of the one of these great directors is getting left out, you know, and instead <laughs> like, no, they all did. On. They all yeah. just just yeah. got left on the wayside. It's just it's so so crazy the way that that played. But but in hindsight, the master not being nominated for best picture makes absolutely no sense. It's just yeah, it a super wheels off. Especially choice. when they had a spot. They didn't even have to yeah. get rid of something to yeah. do it. So weird. They had nine and they were like, no, we're good. So weird, man. So weird. We're going to take PTA out directing two of right, the great American right. actors of the last 25 just, years and just, no nah, thanks. And nominate them all in right. the categories, but not, not, uh, hey, PTA just, made some people mad. Who knows? Yeah. He, uh, it's very he's, odd. Very odd. Difficult, so, okay. Sure. Who, who's our winner? Let's go to you, Kent, first. Best yeah. picture. Who, who's your, who's your winner this year? Yeah. I think it's between Argo, Django, The Master, and Zero Dark 30. Mm-hmm. I really do. I love Lincoln. Yeah. And I think maybe in a 2021 Oscars, Lincoln might win or Argo. But um, to me, my favorite movie of the year is, is The Master. Uh, so that's what I would give give it to, The Master or Django. Okay. Richard? Hold on. I have an envelope here. Richard Barton's. Law Land. Dang it. <laughs> he took my La La Land joke. Kent, you stepped on it, you jerk. Oh, my God. It's all good. I'm going to go with oh – man, this is tough. I'm, I, there's so many movies I love on here, but I got to go with my heart and my favorite movie that I rewatched. My top three are probably The Master, Django, and Argo, and then everything else. I love Zero Dark Thirty. I love Skyfall. I love Lincoln underneath. But mm-hmm. my favorite that I've rewatched the most that I look back – Eight years later, and go, man, do I love that movie, Django Unchained? Okay, and that's totally fair. And you, obviously, the VIPs were with you on that. I I had the same top four as far as this is this is who I'm really picking between for uh, for the winner. Um, and I I went with I went with Zero Dark Thirty. I think it was yeah, a, a very important movie at the time. I'm yes. just, there are definitely things that have not aged well about it, but that is a movie that I'll throw on. Sort of in the background with Cooper, just for fun, Obviously. certain scenes. Yeah, I want him to understand. Um, yeah. and but no, I, we I were at that, war, Coop. We were <laughs> you know, at war. Seal Team Six, Coop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I throw that movie on in the background, and then I I find myself not being able to keep it in the background because it's it's such a. I just find, I think it's such a compelling film, and it looks incredible. And the 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 last that twenty minutes of the the siege and whatnot is. I think is just some of the best film of of the decade, and Catherine Bigelow just does an incredible job putting that thing together. So, really, it could be any of that top four to me. I think they're all. I think this is an actually a really good year. Maybe not a great. There maybe not isn't a like masterpiece level movie this year, but there's a lot of of nine point five out of ten type movies. I think and. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I'll go with zero dark 30 and we split that the, most of the, a lot of these categories, we were two, one or, or three Oh, but we, we split that one, uh, one, one, one. So that's, that's good. The, the VIPs get to be the tiebreaker, I guess, Richard. So you're, you're the winner on this whole thing. So that's right. Congratulations Eat to it. you. All right. I'm going to go party <laughs> with Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> that's good. You remember that the, I don't know, maybe you guys don't remember this. The, it was super weird that the, uh, presentation for best picture, this year was Michelle Obama. 
And because there was a lot of like, okay, we know for a fact that Argo is the winner here because there's no way that Michelle Obama is going to be the presenter for Zero Dark Thirty or something like that. It was just mm-hmm. a, it was a very strange moment. Uh, love I forgot Michelle, about that. Yeah, I remember how shocking it was when when Argo won too. Yeah, I think it had by that point it sort of won over the the sentiment. I don't know. It that Argo felt like the 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 favorite going in. I don't know if we. I think everyone assumed it wouldn't it wouldn't win because it hadn't Affleck wasn't nominated and all this stuff and it was mm-hmm. like well it doesn't have a chance if it wasn't even nominated for best director you know right. it won it won screenplay so it led up with yeah. that but I just think that w- it I mean I love Argo I'm not knocking it at all but I do think it was a little bit of the, the winner f- as far as uh, what I kind of said at the outset of there's such a long gap between the nominations come out and the voting and the actual ceremony. And there's just, there's so much time for narratives to get the best of other movies. And Argo sort of became a safer pick compared to zero dark 30 or Django or, or some of these other movies. So I think that it definitely benefited from that. But again, that's a movie that I love and I rewatch quite frequently. So it's, you know, I'm not knocking it at all. Um, all right, so those are our winners. Uh, I'll, real fast, we'll go through um, what the VIPs said, and then we'll we'll get some uh, we'll get some weekly recommends and get out of here. Best picture went to Django. Best actress went to Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, best actor was Joaquin Phoenix. Supporting actor was Christoph Waltz. Supporting actress was Amy Adams. Director Steven Spielberg. Original screenplay Django Unchained and adapted screenplay Argo. Thanks VIPs for participating in the poll and thanks for uh, humoring us on this episode. If this goes well, we'll do this again. It's fun that did, um, Django was the best picture, wasn't it? And yeah. um, that was the first episode we ever did. It is. Crazy. It comes full circle. Comes well, look full at circle. that. All right, boys, let's get a weekly recommend and uh, get out of here. Weekly recommends. Yeah, Brian, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a documentary. Uh, I don't know. I guess you can rent this now. It's a 2020 documentary, but it uh, recently came out on the on-demands and streamings and DVDs and things. Uh, I know you watched this, Brian, but it interested me, but I I didn't expect, I guess, to have the reaction that I did. It's called The Last Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. And it's about... Netflix, man. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix? My friend just went to it. He just bought a house in Bend, and that was the first (laughs) place he went. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, man, I remember when, when I was in college here about... You know, I guess almost ten years ago at this point, when there was one near me that was closing, and they were kind of all closing, and the way they documented in the the movie, it's not real. I, I don't know. They they portray it like you know this is this becomes the last blockbuster over the course of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's in this random town in Oregon, and this husband and wife run it with their kids, and it's this real mom and pop kind of feel. But at the same time, it's it's about this struggling business. But at the same time, it's about you know the fact that these don't exist anymore. And and you know for me, it really where where it rang true is just the people talking about their memories of Blockbuster and going there on a Friday night, yeah. and the first movies they rented, and all the different aspects of the store that were unique. And you know how that's just completely gone now. It's sad, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't expect to get a little teary eyed at the end, and I kind of did, you know, because. <laughs> How formulative that was for me, you know, um, as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. all those movies that I went and rented and what looked cool on the movie cover and how you would ju- choose stuff on that and asking permission and trying to get away with things and all those elements of 
of taking things home and then having to rewind it, all those things, you know, it's just a lost, it's a lost thing now. And mm-hmm. luckily there's, there is still a blockbuster in, in Oregon. So hopefully if we're up there, we can go visit it and there's still one left in the world. So that, yeah. that's great. But man, I, I didn't expect to get as emotional as I did. I thought I'd be like, yeah, I like blockbuster. I want to hear, I want to hear some blockbuster uh, tidbits, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up getting really kind of, kind of sad and, also kind of thankful I got to experience Blockbuster and movie rentals and be a part of that. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, I, I love this thing. I, I yeah. was, I was, I was excited to watch it, but I, I was the same way. I was like, I didn't really expect that to, to get to me, but it, but it definitely did. I, I, I think there's some, there's a bit of a jaded mindset of this is nostalgia for a corporation kind of thing. And I, I disagree. I think it's, it's, it's the lifestyle thing. It's a lifestyle that is gone that will, mm-hmm. will not get back and was very, very important for a lot of us uh, growing up and even into our, you know, for me, like into my like mid twenties, Blockbuster was still like a huge, huge part of my, my weekend and whatnot. So yeah, that, I've, I've, I was at a, they, yeah, sorry, real quick. Sorry. I was at a gathering this weekend and, and, uh, Somebody was like, somebody asked me, Hey, have you watched the last blockbuster? And I was like, Oh, yeah, totally. It was really good. I, I cried, you know, or I got teared up. And she just said, Yeah, I know. I, I assumed if you watch this, that you, because we watch it this weekend, I assumed if you watched it, you got kind of choked up. I was like, Yeah, that's you're my, you're on brand for me. <laughs> you, you, something they, the brand. Just real quick, something they, they kind of touch on in the movie is how much of a date night it used to be. Yep. To go to a blockbuster with your, girl or whatever and y'all walk around the aisles and, mm-hmm. and talk about movies and try to find bonds over something to watch you know that kind of that's kind of been replaced by netflix and scrolling through that and or whatever but it's not the same you know mm-hmm. going out to dinner and then or getting a pizza and then on the way home and doing that whole thing and sarah and i do that but like it, it it was a it's a lost art man yeah. Sarah and I do that, but at the container store. <laughs> yeah, totally. Same vibe. Uh, Seriously, though, Target. I mean, Target has replaced Blockbuster for us old married folks. Yeah. It's well, just, there is still a, uh, I don't know, locally they still have movie trading company. So yeah. that's still like a place where you can go buy a $5 DVD or rent yeah, something. Yeah, I was still know, rocking kind of, kind of family nice. video until the last yeah, like, six the months pandemic. So. Yeah, Yeah, they all close nationwide yeah. stuff. But, uh, oh, man, that's where Corn Dog used to get his pizza. <laughs> yeah, but Marcos is still open. Don't that was okay. genius. They, yeah, they they had they had a window in the mm-hmm. in the family video where you could get a pizza from next door. It yeah. was like perfect, like '90s nostalgia trip. Yeah, yeah totally. The pandemic shut that down. That was all. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I mean, I I understand. I think that there's there's probably a lot of younger listeners who are like these these old, you know, like what do you who cares about this stuff? But to me, there is something that is lost there's something about the the mm, the randomness and the spontaneity of what is available at your local blockbuster on a friday or saturday night that just it can't get replaced by all of the myriad options that we have streaming i mean right we richard and i we we have access to kent's plex that has like i was looking today is it's like 2200 movies you know and i I mean my my plex server has over a thousand movies on it we all have all of these various streaming services but there's just something about that that can't replace walking around those aisles and and talking to whoever you're gonna watch a movie with that night and trying to uh to to figure something the ultimate thing about it was was you know something that definitely won't be replaced now with digital is 
going in and, and trying to find a movie and them not having it. And then mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh, I shoot, know, I got to sell for something else, mm-hmm. you know, and then trying to find something that can replicate that experience you were trying to have or like that sure. new release of the weekend is sold out because you didn't get there early enough on Friday or whatever it is. That, that'll that never be replaced because, mm-hmm. you know, Netflix sure. doesn't sell out of, of Stranger Things or whatever, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's good. That, good it's, a, it's a fun one to, to go back if you ever liked Blockbuster. I wish I still had my card. Like that's that's a big so regret. Look, I'm life. looking at mine now. It's I got nice. it right before they went out of business. I was Man, like, I wish I still I've had never one. had one. I've I want to buy one, one online, yeah. <laughs> a fake one, and, and just to have that's because great. I wish I still had that that membership card. That's a that's a great relic. But uh, that's awesome. But yeah. Awesome. Or or yeah. the uh, the the Blockbuster case, and they 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 do a good job of the documentary of talking about like. Mm-hmm. You know, the sound of the case and like the yeah. clicking of it and like all that kind of like a little, those little ASMR things about Blockbuster and mm-hmm. movie rentals in general that it's just kind of, yeah, it's gone. Physical media in general, I guess yeah. that's a, that's a, a, a thesis for all of it, but mm-hmm. big sure. recommend for that. I know I've been talking yeah. forever, but I like that. I like that. It was a good, it was a good rec. Uh, Richard, what about you, man? What you got? Yeah, actually a, a follow up to one I did a few minutes, uh, weeks ago. I did uh, pictures at a revolution, mm-hmm. uh, by Mark Harris, which is great and, and, and fantastic about those movies in the, in the late sixties that really changed, uh, the history of cinema. And his follow up to that is a, a full biography of Mike Nichols, who's my favorite kind of director ever. And one of my favorite celebrities ever. And I, I kind of worship at the altar of, of Mike Nichols. So I'm sort of, uh, I am, um, I'm primed for this. I read an oral history about Mike Nichols last year. I think it was maybe the year before. I think I weekly recommended, which was also great, but a full on biography is so cool. I think both of you would really like this. I would do pictures out of revolution and followed by this. I think you would both really mm. dig it, but, uh, but yeah, just such nice. a great life, such an interesting, witty, wonderful career, um, forever, you know? And so, and, and really good, you know, we kind of like co-invented improv comedy and directed the graduate. How weird is that? Like the same <laughs> and, person. And, uh, birthed a, a um, good sportscaster. Well, no, she's married to uh, married his, son, to. his son. Yeah, he's that's very, what I meant. Yeah, Rach, yeah. I mean, like uh, married. You, he, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, so he's just such a fantastic kind, kind of a, you know, that sort of. I think the best person we can compare him to now is Lorne Michaels, sort of omnipresent in culture, and everyone's got Lorne stories. And, you know, he's sort of this Yoda character for all these people. That's who Mike Nichols was in addition to being a great director for years. And so, um, and he was kind of a mentor, ironically, to Warren Michaels. So, uh, really, really cool, um, really cool, well-written, uh, biography by, by Mark Harris. So highly recommend it's just, uh, Mike Nichols, a life is what it's called. Yeah. The, uh, HBO doc is very good. Yeah. It's also great as well. Yep. 2016 that came out, uh, becoming Mike Nichols, uh, what that's called, but yeah, good, good wreck. Uh, Brian, what you got? Very nice. That's it. I'm going to recommend a TV show that I've been, my wife and I have been watching, uh, slowly over the last, uh, last few weeks on, uh, on Peacock. Peacock. Uh, it's Yellowstone with Kevin Costner and Cole yeah. Hauser. I'm surprised uh, you weren't all over that early. That's such a, so it seems so up your alley. It was on one of those weird networks that I didn't get or, uh, wasn't, okay, yeah. you know, super aware of. It was of, on, so. um, First, it was on, I think, Paramount. Was it Esquire Paramount. or something. Yeah, something. Who knows? Paramount. Paramount. Paramount Esquire changed to Paramount. That's what it was okay. or something. Okay. Or Spike or something changed to Paramount. <laughs> yeah, something Spike like TV, that. Yeah, maybe. it was weird. Yeah. I was going to say the Versus Network. Uh, yeah, it's, it was on something weird, so I hadn't checked it out. I did wait to recommend because it's kind of wheels off. Like, there's a especially in the first season, 
there's a lot of of just like soap opera y elements to yeah, it that that don't are. always mesh well with the rest of 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 the show. Uh, it's Taylor Sheridan who who wrote uh, Hell or High Water, who mm-hmm. did um, oh shoot, what was the the Jeremy Renner movie? Uh, Wind River, Wind River, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sons of Anarchy. He's done a lot of great stuff. I really like Taylor Sheridan a lot. Um, I think the the show kind of took a little while to figure itself out and and find the sort Kelly of Kelly Riley though, dude. Yeah, um, her character is the worst. Like it's yeah, just a, it's really rough and West Bentley not so great. But yeah, he thinks he's in a soap opera. That's all the <laughs> yeah, soap yeah, it's, yeah. It's it, he's pretty rough. Kevin Costner's great. Um, the guy that plays anyway. There, there's several very good. It's it's the best work that Cole Hauser has ever done, and that's that's probably not like like a huge. It's not like I'm. You saying mean this it's better than Daniel him Day going Lewis or something? It's a good but. car, good Will Hunting. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. know exactly. Exactly. Uh, Cole Hauser is a guy that I've always kind of liked, and just felt like, man, eventually people are going to figure out how to use him, and we just haven't totally gotten there yet. Uh, and this is like within one episode I'm like that's it you got it you figured it out like he's really really good at this so uh, it does like I said it does have some soap opera vibes but it also really taps into the better parts of Sons of Anarchy and Justified and yep. some of that stuff and great it's scenery too that part of great scenery great music too a lot of yep. Jason Isbell and Ryan Bingham Kent is in the show for like 13 or yep. 15 episodes something like that uh, yeah it's it's really fun on that front and Anyway, season two, we Lindsay and I just finished season two uh, a couple nights ago, and the last like three or four episodes of season two were fantastic. Like put it put it on par with most of the better peak TV kind of stuff that's uh, that we've gotten over over the last uh, few days. So it's on Peacock. There's three seasons of it. Season four comes out, I believe, in June. Uh, so be be on the lookout for that. And, and check is it, out it on the free stuff. Peacock or is it on the uh, paid? I don't know the difference between those two things, Kent, because I have a paid subscription and I can't tell because you still get ads on the paid stuff. Mm-hmm. I think you have to like bump up to the next tier to not get ads and stuff. So I am getting ads. I have no idea if it's a free one or just the, the mid tier that I'm on. So Got it. if Spotify would finally come through with that contract, I could I could bump all the way up to uh, to the big boys, but uh, so far not not there. But yeah, you definitely check it out. It's it's a it's a really really solid show. I think would work really well, Richard. I know Sarah's been watching this some, probably. Lindsay and I watch these things very slowly because it's like two nights a week where we have time to watch you know an episode of a show, maybe two that kind of thing. It would work really well as a binge. If I was watching this by myself, I would have binged it very quickly. Oh yeah, Sarah watched all three seasons. I'm not kidding. I think in about four days. Yeah, I think I would have been on that during, if yeah. I was watching it by myself for sure. It's just it's slower slower going with. Uh, yeah okay well those are good good recommends good recommends awesome. boys this was fun this is a good episode uh thank you very much dear listeners for being here and uh and listening to us let us know what you think about this uh this episode if you like the format if uh if you think we should do more of these in the future we sure would like to fill some of these these gaps in our schedule and also brian if you want you heard us mentioning the vips mm-hmm. uh you can vote and talk on these type of That's debate right. these topics in the patron and in the discord and all that stuff at madaboutmovies.com slash VIP That's right. learn more get in there join up uh, cost you five bucks a month to get uh, four plus new episodes every single month plus access to the discord plus bonus content plus a handwritten thing. plus the back catalog of episodes that's right yeah. hundreds of episodes now that you can get to uh, now. If, you, if you've ever enjoyed this show now's the time to jump in and get more of it I'd say 
thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you, VIPs, for chiming in and helping us make this episode possible. Stay safe. It's someday soon. We'll get back to the